podcasting in my pajamas this is tiebreaker with ria it's all about capturing journeys sharing knowledge and letting you know that struggles are beautiful because growth comes only through efforts and struggles thank you for spending some time with me today now let's begin the transformation he is the cyber guy and a comedian confused yes even i was because how can someone be both serious and fun at the same time but this man is so amazing i enjoyed chatting with him he's full of life and has a great value system he's not in the industry just to make money he's creating a legacy let's welcome dominic vogel Dominic you are the cyber guy this the cyber leader if i might say uh, everything related to cyber cyber security you are the board of director speaker mentor and my favorite comedian just one question how you know how <laughs> well, i i i say it's a a combination of just so many passions which suddenly infuse themselves uh, all together you know the the comedian one that you mentioned there uh from as uh, basically as long ago as I can remember I just love making people laugh that was something I always wanted to do was to be a comedian and you know as I got a bit older into my late teens I realized that I didn't really want to have to go through that because it it's hard to be, be successful as a comedian and uh thankfully at that time as well I was really passionate about cybersecurity so I rushed into that and uh um as I got better at that I realized well A lot of people in cybersecurity are really boring and not funny. Maybe I can infuse my two passions, and um, that's allowed me to uh, be able to talk about cybersecurity in a way which a lot of people find engaging and interesting, rather than just being all boring and tech talk, which can be really dry on a good day. <laughs> Definitely. Now you just mentioned that um, it's not easy to become a comedian, like a super popular comedian. It takes a lot of efforts. Uh, do you think this is one of the reasons why? people not follow their passion so you realized later that cyber is something you know you can you're really good at but at that point of time when you decided that this is something it will take a lot of time there's no you know uh, success coming or you can't you can't see it it will take a lot of time you know to get there so uh, there might be like hundreds of thousands of people who might have the same mindset so what do you want to say to them what do you think you know what you can say to them Well, you know, I think the first thing is to really identify your passion or passions. You know, I I I was really lucky that at that point where I was starting out as a as a young adult that I had two passions, you know, comedy and cybersecurity. Uh so I wasn't necessarily trading one for the other. I was like a bit very lucky to be in a spot where I could pick one of my passions and 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 follow those. Um but for 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 anyone I was tell this to people that uh if you're going to chase anything chase your passions don't chase money don't chase uh, short term uh, gratification that leaves you feeling empty and unfulfilled you know i'm a firm believer in chasing your passion so uh, even if that doesn't mean you're you're making money in, in in early runs that's okay and one of the things which uh as a father which i'm telling both my both my children my daughter and my son is that Uh, as a, an adult i learned that chasing money doesn't make you happy you know I, uh, whatever it is that they do i just want them to chase it with all their heart and with all their passion that at the end of the day that's all that matters definitely uh did you face anything of that sort any kind of situation where you thought that 
this is not what I want to like uh, you said that you know don't chase money so were you in that situation that made you realize or you you know you already from start you had that mindset that no matter what I'm not going to go in go that direction so what do you think about that yeah well I mean one of the things which you know I, I early on in my career when I was going through my through the, the corporate ladder in which I, I was just blindly focusing on myself chasing higher salary uh, you know, doing what I could to, to again chase the chase the money, and um, that that left me feeling very un, unfulfilled. You know, and I got this somewhat pinnacle from a corporate uh, a career perspective, and I was miserable. You know, you can ask my wife. I, I was jaded. I was cynical. Uh, I was not pleasant to be around, and uh, so that's when I left and started my own entrepreneurial journey. And even in my early days of the, my entrepreneurial journey, I did the same thing. I chased the money. You know, I didn't chase things that made me happy or work with people who, uh, who were awesome and who make me happy. So uh, you know, it, took, it took me many, many years to realize that you know, chasing money uh, does not lead to anything good. If anything, it leads to stress, it leads to negativity, it leads, it just, it, it leads to all bad things. <laughs> you know? so, uh, and in the long run, if you, ch- if you chase your passion, the money will always be there. Definitely. So we'll get back to this topic, you know, uh, a little later, but, um, you know, how did you get started? Like early your extremely early life, your, you know, when you were a kid, tell us something about that, you know, something about how your parents, you know, kind of, um, raised you and what are the moral values that you learned from them or whatever it is. Tell us something about that you know, because I've seen many of your interviews, it's all about cyber, cyber, cyber. And I, just, <laughs> I tried understanding, you know, because of this interview, I literally, uh, you know, I, I spent some time to understand what exactly cybersecurity is. And at the end, I realized that, you know what, let's talk personal. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're doing that because I like talking about my journey far more than I enjoy talking about cybersecurity. As, awesome. as as it sounds, you know. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I appreciate you wanting to focus on that because I'm a firm believer at the end of the day that we're all human. So our human story is far more important than the, you know, exactly. the, uh, the story of our expertise. You know, I, I can talk about cybersecurity until I'm blue in the face, but I, I enjoy talking more about my journey and what, what I've learned. So awesome. to answer your to answer your question there, you know, both my parents were, were teachers. I mean, they've both since retired. So I, I, I grew up in a household where um, just learning all the time was, was super important. You know, every life moment was a teachable moment. Um, you know, uh, uh, good, bad, ugly. You know, it was all opportunities to, to grow both intellectually, spiritually, and emotionally. You know, so it was it was wonderful to grow up in, in, in that type of environment. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, Especially when it comes to technology, you know, uh, my, my dad uh, was a computer science teacher in, in a local high school here. And, you know, from I think at least from what they told me from when I was two years old, I was I was using a, a computer. And again, that may not seem super cool now. I mean, my, my son, when he was six months, was using my iPhone, my iPhone. So that, that doesn't sound really interesting now. But but in the mid in the in the mid 80s, you know, a two, a two year old using a, a computer was was relatively rare. So. Uh, from an early age, my dad got me engaged with that, and I grew up just being really curious about technology. And I'm I'm not a techie, you know. I'm 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 one of the you know, I'm not someone who always gets the latest and greatest iPhone or Android, or I'm one of the least I'd say least technical cybersecurity people out there. Um, you know, technology doesn't fascinate me, but questions about it does. You know, and uh, um, you know, I, I credit both my dad and my mom for giving me a very curious mindset and to always be asking questions. But you know, in terms of my moral values, you know, um, I'm not the you know the person that I am with without the solid upbringing that both of them uh, gave me. You know, they gave me a very strong moral compass. 
And you're the same with your kids now? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> or are you a bit lenient on the lenient side? <laughs> well, well, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's funny, uh, especially later when I was a, more of a, um, you know, my late teens, you know, I was, I always wondered why, why my mom was always so like hyper protective and always you know, uh, worried about me and that type of thing. And I could never relate to that. And when I became a parent, um, you know, I just, all I can think about is, is you know, worrying about my kids and that type of thing. And I remember calling my mom saying, Oh, I, I'm so sorry. I was a jackass to you when I was a teenager. <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 sometimes you have to experience things in order to better relate to how someone's feeling. So, um, I, as a parent now, you know, it, it, it's, I take the lessons that my parents taught me and I like to think that I'm an improvement on them. And my goal is to make my children a better version um, uh, you know, of, of me, so to speak, but the, through, through their eyes. That, that, that's exactly right. You know, my mom still yells at me and I'm like, whatever. And she's like, you know what, when you'll become a mother, you'll realize. And yeah. I'm scared of that already. <laughs> it happens. You'll learn in due time. <laughs> awesome. Uh, that, that's great. Uh, so what, what kind of, uh, you know, why cybersecurity? I know your story, like your dad, uh, you know, got this uh, computer and that's how, you know, things. Tell us more about what was that one moment in life that, you know, you realized that this is something I want to do because at that age, people are not, you know, the people are not, um, what do you call that? People are not stable. They, they can't yeah. understand. Like for me, my, for, you know, my example, I wanted to do events management. I want to do IAS off. I want to become an IAS officer. Like where is event management? And where is, I have like hundred different things I had in my head and you were like yeah. super adamant about this. You know, I want to become a cybersecurity expert. How? Yeah, that, that definitely wasn't until much later in, in, in my uh, late teens. And, you know, I, I, as with any child, you know, I, I went through all sorts of different, you know, dreams. I wanted to be a professional uh, hockey player, being a professional athlete, then you know, uh, doing something with sports, maybe being a professional writer uh, for sports. I was obsessed with sports, and I mean, I still am. But, <laughs> but you know, now, now, all, all my all my career goals as a child revolved around either comedy or, or sports. And uh, as I got into my mid-teens, it became more around technology. You know, if I wanted to do some of computers, wasn't sure what. And um, uh, like I mentioned, there, my, my dad a, was a computer science teacher, and he used to always get a ton of free different computer magazines, like huge stacks of them, which he would bring home. And when I was uh, in my uh, last year of high school, he, he brought home a huge stack and he said, you know what? There's got to be something in here that inspires you. <laughs> so uh, I spent many days, of, if not weeks, you know, combing through all these magazines. And uh, um, one day I found this magazine and it's said, it said information security magazine. Uh, and I still have it somewhere in my, in my wow. office here as, as a reminder. And I thought information security, what the heck is that? That sounds super interesting. So I read that magazine cover to cover and I thought I need to learn more about this. This sounds super, super interesting. So that was the infliction point, which I realized that I wanted to uh, follow a career in, in, in cybersecurity. So uh, at that year, uh, cybersecurity and all, it was not a booming industry, right? Like it was... No, no, it, it was yeah. very, it, I mean, cyber, the cybersecurity industry for most of the 90s was basically antivirus. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and firewalls, right? Like, 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 like uh, so what, at that time, this is in the early 2000s, 
cybersecurity was on this starting on this trajectory path. You know, as companies became more digitized, as the concept of a digital economy started to uh, uh, take foot, uh, that became more. Uh, it, be, it was becoming very clear that this was going to be uh, a booming uh, uh, industry. So I rode the um, the uh, the wave, so to speak, <laughs> uh, 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 very early on. That was one of the reasons why I realized that I wanted to even pursue that even further because I, I felt very strongly that, that that was going to be an area of tremendous growth over the next 20, 20, you know, 20, 30 years. Wow. Oh, that's difficult. You know, how to anticipate <laughs> that's, that's so difficult. <laughs> awesome. I, I, it was a lucky guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great guess. Well, but you had the knowledge. You have, you have done a lot of research before getting into this. So, yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, okay. And then, uh, you know, you decided about this. You went, you studied for this and then your corporate life started. How was it? How was you were like for 10 years there? <laughs> like your experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, 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 it was, you know, it, it's funny because when I was going through university, uh, I felt, you know, I really felt that I was going to be a corporate guy. You know, both my parents worked in this, uh, again, they weren't necessarily corporate people. They worked in a high school, but you know, they, they had the same job for, you know, 35 years and worked in the same place. Um, you know, and, and again, that's somewhat of a generational thing, but I, I had that in my mind that I wasn't necessarily going to work at the same place, but I was going to work my way up through the corporate ladder and you know, get to a really important position. And um, so I was hyper focused on that. And you know, early on, I I very much love my my corporate uh, journey. You know, uh, you know, as much as I may uh, joke about, you know, it, it was very influential in, in getting me to where I am now. And um, one of the things I would say, which wore on me, particularly at the end, uh, as I you know got higher up in, in the corporate ladder, was that I felt that I couldn't be myself. You know, I kept being told by people, you know, you, you, you have to be, you know, there's, there's a corporate you, right? And I felt like I was living, uh, living two lives, which in the office, I was one person, and at home, I was another, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I thought, well, that doesn't seem right. And a lot of people talk about this, you know, that whole concept of, you know, the, uh, their, their corporate, uh, their corporate selves and then who they are at home. And, 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 you know, that, that, that doesn't, for someone who like myself over the past few years, I've become increasingly, I'd say more authentic or more in tune with my authenticity and realize that if I can't be myself, why am I, why am I doing this? You know, and, uh, um, you know, the, the thing which really jaded me with, with corporate was that I, I, I could feel my internal fire, my internal passion, you know, literally, you know, a, a burning out. And um, I came to realize that there were a lot of people in corporate who, you know, for lack of a better term, they're dead inside. They view their work as a paycheck. There's no passion. They show up, go through the motions, go back home. They don't really care about what they do. And uh, uh, I, was seen that, that I was seeing that more and more, <clears throat> and I realized that you know I, I'd always been someone who, who was very passionate, and I was losing my passion for my work. I was losing my passion for um, you know, my, my 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 inner sense of why. When I got up in the morning, it wasn't that oh I can't wait to to tackle the day. It was like oh crap, another BS day of useless meetings from eight till five. You know, getting nothing done, feeling frustrated. And it was at that point I realized that I had to leave, you know, and uh, uh, that's not to say that there aren't good people in corporate, but that's why I per personally love working with small and mid-sized businesses. 
you tend to see more people at that level who love what they do. They don't see it as a paycheck. They, they, they're doing it because they're passionate about it. They're passionate about changing the world. They're passionate about bringing positive change into the world through their product or through their platform or through whatever it is that their business or organization does. Um, I love working with people who have a strong sense of purpose. So you think that people around you influence like if you're uh, every day if you go out with a bunch of people if you're you know with a bunch of people do you think somewhere you know that that influences any person like let's say if you're hanging out with five uh, people who like not so goal oriented just enjoys fun do you think that the sixth person who's super oriented will affect the will it influence the the guy like you said that you were completely uh, you know you actually lost your what you wanted in your life your goals and everything yeah. you just got sidetracked so what do you think about that do you think influence matters or it's all on your in your head uh, I, 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 you know, the, the, I know this is a common saying, and I'm a firm believer in it. In which you know, you're the, you're basically the average of the people you hang out with. You know, if, if you hang out with people, uh, either at work or in personal saying who um, aren't goal oriented, they just coast through life. You know, you, you, uh, chances are, yeah, you're you're not going to reach your full potential. You know, um, I've realized, and again, especially through platforms like LinkedIn, where I'm able to connect with people, amazing people all around the world, like yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that, I'm you know, so collectively, glad. <laughs> that, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> collectively, that 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 raises that raises our capabilities and that, ra- uh, that raises our uh, our ability to 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 do more and to to reach greater levels. Uh, you know, if I and I, I remember this from uh, even during my university days, which you know. Um, you know, people I hung out with, uh, I, you know, they really didn't do much and they, they didn't amount to anything. You know, I, I, I was able to help raise their average, <laughs> but oh. it was, it was, it was holding, it was holding me back, you know, and, um, you know, that, it, it, and you know, I, I, I tell people this in which, you know, you have, it's not about not being friends with people. You can still be friends with, with people, but you really need to be, I, I'm a firm believer in, 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 in energies in which, you, know, you need to be around people who are vibrating at a positive uh, frequency, people that will elevate you, people that will bring out the best in you, not the worst in you, uh, not both personally and professionally. Uh, so in order to, to reach great heights, you need to be an, with and associate with people who are either who have either reached great heights or in the process of reaching great heights. How? You know, like, uh, you know, if I want to get rid of a group of a bunch of people, how do I do that? You know, like, yeah. because see, <laughs> that's, yeah. connecting with people on LinkedIn and everything is like still virtual and you meeting somebody. Yes. And I, I know inside that I am hanging out with a wrong bunch of people. Like, let's say, for example, yeah. some person, how, yeah. what are the tips from you, you yeah. know, just to, uh, what do you call it? Detach yourself from that group and just focus on your work. How? <sighs> Yeah, you know, there's 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 two approaches. You know, for me, that I mean, there's there's one one is cut and run. You know, uh, I'm not a huge fan of that because at the end of the day, I do I do believe in the power of relationships and in the power of, of of friendship. And even if someone isn't necessarily operating at the frequency that you are operating in, that uh, I'm a firm believer that people come into your lives for a reason. And until you find out what that reason is, you shouldn't cut them out of your life. Um, you know, so uh, the, the, the people I, I mentioned earlier there in, in, in my life during my university days, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that I was able to help push them to help them reach greater heights. You know, uh, 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 one of them ended up becoming, uh, you know, went from having no career to having a flourishing career as a recruiter, you know, and, uh, and that was through that continued 
uh, friendship and, and helping him reach his full potential. So, uh, you know, I, I tell people for me, uh, rather than just saying, Oh, I'm just going to cut and run, eliminate people for my life. Um, so, some people suggest that I'm not a big fan of that for me. Like I was saying there really try and connect with, with, with the people that you, that you spend time with and then truly identify what is the purpose? Why are you in each other's lives? Uh, maybe it is to help each other reach greater uh, uh, goals and outcomes to push each other. But in order to do that, you need to go past just having basic conversation. I've seen so many people who have friends where all they talk about is the weather, sports, uh, <laughs> whatever, very, very superficial conversations, true, meaningful, deep, friendships you need to have uncomfortable conversations uh and and, and help each other reach greater heights so have have uncomfortable conversations and and help bring out the best in 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 each of you so either you try to influence them with good traits or learn from them if there's nothing happening there's no similar vibe then just bye-bye i i i would say so yeah so i mean the cut the cut and run Yes, it, it's, in some cases, yeah, you will have to do that, but don't do that first. You know, yeah. there's, some, there's some people who say, oh, uh, negative people or you know, villains in your life, cut them out immediately. I, I would do that later if, if you have to. That to me is the last resort. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, do you believe in competition? <laughs> no, no. I, 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 well, if you'd asked me ten years ago, yes, I, I, I would. But uh, no, I, I'm a firm believer in, in collaboration. You know, collaboration trumps competition. Um, you know, there, there's, there's, and this to me comes down to an abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. You know, there, there are some, some people who, uh, and I'll, I'll even give my own industry as an example. You know, there, there's other, there's countless other people who do what I do, countless other uh, security organizations that provide advisory services, that type of thing. Um, you know, but uh, I, I love collaborating with them. That doesn't mean like I, I, um, I don't like being someone who tries to compete or say, oh, you know, you shouldn't go with company X. They're a bunch of idiots. You know that. That that's not that's a scarcity mindset, you know, where you can reach out and collaborate with you know your quote unquote competitors, uh, turn them into collaborators, turn them into friends. Uh, that to me again is all about unlocking far greater synergies, far greater magic. At the end of the day, uh, it's about understanding what your goal is. My goal isn't to make a boatload of money. My goal isn't uh, uh, to to rule the security world. My goal is to just help people. Uh, and the best way I can help people is by collaborating with others. Uh, so I, I, like I said, I think trying to take an altruistic approach, take a collaboration approach, uh, and take a, an abundance mindset. At the end of the day, there's a ton of opportunity and we can all succeed. You know, one of us, we don't all have to hoard all, all, all that money. There's more than enough meat on the bone for, for us to all have a, a very good life. I think that's where that abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset is super important. That's beautiful. Well said. Awesome. Yeah, because uh, in your college days, you helped a person to, you know, meet the meet the real him. And then yeah. because of this corporate life, you, you got corrupted or you know you got just sidetracked <laughs> and yes. then again you're back so wow that's awesome uh, so you know when was that when did you reach that exhaust exhausting you know that okay this is it i'm exhausted i need to get rid of this company i need to yeah. come out and i need to do something on my own because it takes a lot of you have to be super powerful mentally emotionally to kind of get rid of a company and start something on your own because you have no idea if it'll, you know, if it is going to yeah. work out or not. So 
that experience. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, 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 it was very much a buildup of, of, uh, many, many things, you know, and, uh, you know, my, there's, um, my, 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 my brother, who is a, he's always been an entrepreneur, but very different from, from me. He never worked for a large company and, you know, he had been in my ears, uh, during my final corporate year saying, well, you could be doing so much more as an entrepreneur, you know, you, you, you know, you can uh, call your own shots and control your own destiny kind of thing. And uh, another friend of mine who was a recruiter at the time saying, you know, you're getting screwed at corporate. They're, they're paying you, you know, nothing compared to what you, you could be getting on the open market as an independent contractor. And uh, then there was a frustration at work about not being able to get anything done, pointless meetings. And just one day I was in the middle of a meeting with, with my boss, another pointless meeting. And I just snapped <laughs> internally. I, uh, I, was, I just, just said, you know what, I'm done can't do this anymore. And, uh, uh, I, I quit, moved, moved on, um, uh, got a remote work opportunity where I could just, again, help pay the, pay the bills, work on that. But then I used my first year on my own as an opportunity to sort of lay out a bunch of ideas, which had always been in my head about if I was to start an advisory company, what would that look like? Who would I serve? What would, the, what are our values? Um, you know, so there's a lot of stuff, which I took from my corporate days mostly about what not to do <laughs> and, and spun that around and saying, this is, this is what is needed. You know, pe- people who, who uh, consultants who are authentic uh, are vulnerable, who are willing to, you know, be seen as humans, you know, uh, rather than just some you know, slick uh, business suit, you know, and uh, people who are, who are true to themselves and uh, uh, people who are just, just, just brutally honest. So, you know, taking a more human approach to, to things and, you know, five, five plus years later, uh, getting to this point now, you know, it's, it's been incredibly rewarding and I've, I've learned more about myself and, you know, have discovered who I truly am and who I was truly meant to be during these, this self-discovery journey. If I had stayed in corporate, um, I don't think I would have become the best version of myself because the best version of myself, I didn't even realize was in me. You know, I needed to, to, to leave corporate to, to, to find that version. And I'm, I'm very thankful uh, that I did. You know, listening to people, listening to stories from, you know, you guys or let it be anybody. uh, We, you know, uh, like the people who are starting, who are going to enter the corporate world, like we are already scared. What's going to happen? You know, because we have this uh, uh, millennials and everybody, they have got this innocence and, uh, you know, they they want to do things nicely and everything. But corporate world is going to change you upside down. So what are the few things to take from the corporate world, the positive things and the things that yeah. you should, you know, just, just make sure that you're a thousand miles away from it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to, to, to even be at the spot where I'm now, I needed to go through, through a corporate experience. That was invaluable experience, you know, and, uh, um, you know, and uh, on multiple levels. And, and, and for me, I think that the, some of the core skill sets that came out of that was again, the ability to, to, to work as a, as a team, you know, to, to, to be able to, uh, be a, good, a great communicator, um, you know, to really brush up on, I'd say, just inter, interpersonal, uh, interpersonal skills. Uh, that's all stuff which, if you're working on your own or working in a small team, you may not get that. But when you work for a larger organization, you get different exposure to uh, di- even di- different business segments. You know, uh, not just you know, for me being in IT or cybersecurity, I got to work with people in marketing, communications, uh, bi- business people, accountants. Uh, uh, you know, I learned so much from people who came from all different walks of life. And uh, you can only get that in, in, in a larger, you know, uh, more 
corporate environment. And, um, you know, I think that that was very sure. important in, in, in helping me develop a lot of my foundational skills, you know, uh, uh, developing empathy, you know, being able to speak, uh, be uh, more comfortable speaking with people. You know, when I left high school and, and university, I, I was, I'm, was a very introverted person. You know, I, I wasn't someone who talked to a lot of people, but uh, just through uh, small, uh, through small, um, uh, through small experiments, uh, and uh, just by you know talking with people at the water cooler, that type of thing, uh, I became more comfortable. And I realized that I never considered myself a people person, but now I I spend most of my day talking to people. I love talking to people. You know, uh, I never thought I was that person. I thought I was that person who just would be as keyboard doing 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 my stuff. So um, that was that was all things that came that I learned about myself through my corporate career. One of the things which I would caution people against is really understanding that there are uh, some cor corporations have fantastic cultures, you know, and, and uh, but the thing is there's a lot of organizations that, you know, they have all these fancy, you know, drawings and stuff on their walls talking about their values and all that stuff, but, or being you know, great servant leaders and all that, but that all rings hollow in which if you see the actual leaders there, they're not, you know, there's, there's, uh, whether that be a lack of diversity, whether they, they be, you know, uh, tyrannical leaders. And one of the things which, which was one of the reasons why I ended up leaving corporate was my boss talked about being a servant leader, but he wasn't a servant leader. You know, he, he was a egotistical maniac, you know, and, uh, uh, he was not someone who, uh, allowed, um, you know, who, who truly embodied what the, the quote unquote values of the companies were. Uh, so that's something which I would caution people against in which if you see that the company says one thing about their values, but the leaders do something else, uh, don't stay there too long. Makes sense. Awesome. Uh, do you think the leader word is kind of, you know, people are not using the word leader as it should be yeah. like out of, let's say, 100 profiles on LinkedIn, 95 profiles says I'm a leader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is like, and I think that people who do not say that are actually the leaders, you know? <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> so, it, 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 it's such an overused word. Uh, yes. In many ways, it's lost all meaning. Uh, and, and even organizations, like, even in terms like I mentioned, our servant leadership, that gets thrown around a ton. But none, anyone who claims it to be a servant leader, they're not servant leaders. You know, they, they, they tend to be micromanagers, if, if nothing else. You know, and uh, you know, to me, when we talk about leadership, uh, leadership, uh, one of the concepts that I want to see and advocate for more in business is what I refer to as empathy in business or empathetic leadership. That's where you have leaders who are truly in touch with those that they serve, you know, uh, not uh, from an empathetic level, having strong emotional intelligence, connecting with your team on a human level, not on a work level, you know, screw work. You, uh, to me, a true leader connects with people at that deep, deep uh, uh, human level uh, to be able to help them reach their full potential and to create future leaders. You know, the best leaders I've ever seen are people who uh, I would say aren't don't see themselves as leaders, see themselves as someone who is in the position of creating future leaders. Uh, that, that to me is, is the most powerful um, uh, responsibility of, of a leader in which you know, you're forming the minds uh, of the next generation of leaders. Uh, you're not just trying to uh, uh, force people to do things the way you want them to be done. Uh, you need to be able to be someone who empowers people. 
uh, and, and like I said, through leading through empathy and leading through uh, uh, um, through care, uh, that's how you make terrific leadership. You know, to me, one of the best examples right now in the world is New Zealand's Prime Minister, uh, just yeah. uh, Ardern. Amazing. I love her. I think she, I think she's an amazing human. That to me, I hope I, I truly believe that she's someone who can inspire millennials and younger generations. To the, yeah. that is what you should aspire to be. That she epitomizes what a leader is. Definitely, that is that is an amazing point. Awesome! Wow. So that was your childhood. That was your uh, corporate life. Now you entered the most, you know, roller coaster journey, if I might say, <laughs> entrepreneurship. It's not easy. <laughs> I, I'm experiencing it myself. I have faced like you have no idea. Uh, <laughs> it's not easy, but it's but definitely a roller coaster. You, yeah, <laughs> but once you you know kind of start loving, it's gonna be amazing. You you're gonna accept the changes as well. So how did you? How did it all start? You know, you left the company. You you spent a year just to you know work on the business and everything. How was that experience when you got your first client? What was your, you know, the first word that came in your mind? You know, that is the yeah. real achievement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember a first word, but I just remember a huge rush of just self-satisfaction. You know, for Thank me, someone you. who knew who knew nothing about sales, all, all I knew in corporate was about security. You know, I just I've been such a myopic thinker and just thinking about security. That's where the entrepreneurial world has opened me up to just being such a much more well-rounded person, both personally and professionally. You know, um, you know, uh, uh, it's been absolutely eye-opening uh, to be able to learn about business development, sales, marketing, uh, uh, leadership. And it's funny, you know, fast forward to where we are now, you know, five years later after starting my company, um, I don't actually enjoy the security work as much anymore. You know, what I enjoy is personal branding. You know, I enjoy business development. I, uh, uh, I enjoy spending time talking about the journey and talking about uh, 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 self growth and that type of thing, and appearing on podcasts like this—that's <laughs> I, 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 that gives me tremendous energy, you know. And uh, it's been such an interesting evolution of myself being able to to, to get to that point. But um, I, the, back to your question about that uh, that first sale, I just remember it to me it was an adrenaline, and I felt, wow, I need to do this again and again and again. You know, it was it, it, it became very. Um, Addicting, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, so that, that that was such a cool feeling. Something which, uh, from a level of self satisfaction, I hadn't felt in, in my corporate life in uh, in many many years. Wow, that's nice. Oh, just processing everything. <laughs> <laughs> take, awesome. take your time. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, you, did you? F- I mean, every entrepreneur faced struggles, challenges, whatnot. What was the worst, you know, because I personally think that challenges, struggles make you stronger, make you who you are today. So what was that one thing that was like the most toughest day of your life, you know, the most toughest period in entrepreneurship and how did you get over that? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. You know, and um, I, I agree with you. you know, uh, in terms of adversity, you know, adversity comes into your world to to make you stronger. It doesn't come into your world to destroy you. It comes into to your life to, to make you a stronger, more complete human. And um, you know, there's a, a saying which I'm, I'm a firm believer of, in which you know, smooth seas do not make for a skilled sailor. You know, uh, to, to truly become a skilled person, Definitely. you need to go through those through those through those rocky moments. And um, 
I would say that there, uh, as with any entrepreneur, there, there's challenges regardless of where you are in, in, in the spectrum. You know, the, uh, um, I would say the biggest, you know, the, I'll, I'll, I'll give you two answers. So the, the challenge I'm, I'm facing right now is in terms of scalability and trying to draw myself back from doing less of the work. Because if I spend too much time on the actual work, I'm not able to grow the business. Uh, so trying to get that right balance and having the right people on my team do the work and me focus on what I do best right now, which is business development and branding, that will allow us to, 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 to scale up. You know, but a lot of, a lot of you know, uh, that's something which, again, like I said, I still struggle with because uh, a lot of people, a lot of our clients want to deal with me personally. Uh, um, so we, that, that's, that's a hurdle. And the other hurdle is um, it's hard for me to give up doing that work because it's, it's been ingrained in me for so, so many years. So um, that's a, that's a current challenge that I'm, I'm grappling with. Um, the, the, the bigger challenge though, I'd say, or the biggest challenge that I faced so far in the entrepreneurial journey was early on when um, I didn't have, any clients, so I would have, I would have, you know, I had my first client, and I didn't have any other safety net, and you know, I was the only person. I'm the only person who 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 works. I'm the primary, um, you know, money maker for for the family. You know, my my wife stays home with with our kids, and uh, so that there was that was. I remember just bone crushing pressure and stress to be able to make sure that how do I go from being someone where like I literally had very little work, nothing in my calendars. Uh, you know, if, if someone could call me and say, you know, do you have time for a meeting? I would, I would say, Oh, sure. Let me check my calendar. But I would look at my calendar and there'd be nothing there <laughs> you know, compared to, compared to now, you know, my calendar's booked out for weeks on end kind of thing. So it was um, so difficult to chase you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what I mean, which is, which, you know, there's, there's struggles no matter where you are in, in the spectrum. You know, uh, you know, I was, I was laughing to myself the other day thinking, one of the one of the bigger uh, bigger problems again right now is is scheduling myself, resourcing myself, you know, and uh, that's a that's a really big challenge. And it, it wasn't that long ago where my challenge was how the hell do I fill my day, <laughs> right? Not just sit around doing nothing. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see how these challenges morph and, and change and evolve over time. And are you you know do you want life to throw more challenges at you so you become a better person or do you think that you have had enough of challenges now it's time to just <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the um I, I, I'm someone who subscribes to the uh, uh, sort of uh, ebb and flow uh, in which you know you you, you, can't, you can't be going constantly um, uh, at full tilt all the time. Otherwise you're going to burn out. You know, and I, I've experienced that in various moments of, of my professional career, both in corporate and in, in my entrepreneurial journey. And, um, but um, you need to have levels of stress. You need to have levels of challenges in order to bring you to the next level. I'm, I'm a firm believer that if, if there was nothing challenging you in life, you would never feel the need to punch through to the, to the next level. Um, um, so you, you, I think you need a certain level. And I know there've been scientific studies that have said that in which in order for the human mind to function and grow, there needs to be some level of anxiety. Uh, otherwise you're, become like brain dead or something. I'm not a scientist, but I remember reading that. You need to have that, but it can't be all anxiety, all stress all the time. Otherwise you risk being burnt out. So it's sort of the, you know, you go through those periods okay. of intense stress and anxiety and you get past that. And then you have a period of calm. 
And you wait for the the next challenge. (laughs) That's awesome. And you know, one more thing that I loved about you was, you know, in our introductory call, you just don't want to get clients. You want to serve them for real. Like I've seen that in you. I mean, you've been super dedicated. And just now you just said that, you know, I get too focused on working for the client rather than business development. Uh, This might be a problem for you, but people who are listening, they're going to love it because they want you know, on, like you being an entrepreneur doing so much yet spending time on each and every project means a lot, you know, corporate has like completely forgotten about this particular. Yes. <laughs> so you tell me like, how, like, you know, every time it's like, how? <laughs> so like the, that is like your client experiences just mentioned, you know, why a client come back to you again? What are the few things as an entrepreneur, as every entrepreneur out there should do, should treat their clients? You know, what do you think? Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, and this, this to me is, is, is a question of, you know, taking a relational approach to business versus transactional. You know, one of the things which I saw during my corporate life, I worked for a fairly large consulting company here uh, during my, uh, one of my corporate stints. And, <clears throat> They treated all their clients like a piece of meat. You know, uh, it was like, you know, how can we nickel and dime this client? How can we just charge them to the max to get this work done? Uh, you know, it was never about the, you know, how do we actually invest in this relationship? You know, how, how do we actually serve them best? You know, I, I still remember go, going to a the business development meeting, uh, and you know, one of the senior leaders brought me there, and and um, you know, I was chatting with well, um, you know, the, one of the prospects there. And uh, you know, I, w- I developed a really great relationship with, with that person. And it's funny, that person, that prospect is now a, a personal friend of mine, a very close friend of mine. And wow. the, my, my boss at the time, after we left that meeting, said, so what can we do? You know, I, what, what do you think we can do to charge them? And I said, well, I, I don't think we can really help them right now. You know, I, I think you know, I gave them some stuff maybe that they can think about, and maybe they'll come to us in the future. And he said, you know what, that's a... You, you're, that's why you're going to stay as an associate. You know, that's, 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 you, you don't have business development in you. And I was like, wow. Okay. Um, and, but that's the thing to me, there's a lot of people, but, uh, to me, that old school way of thinking is transactional. Nickel and dime treat people like a transaction to me at the end of the day. Uh, I'm a firm believer in which it's a age to age relationship, human to human. You know, I don't do business. Uh, it's not business to business. It's human to human. You know, so with our clients, I see them as humans. I see them as friends. Uh, I want to learn about their business. I want to learn about uh, what it is that makes them tick. Uh, I want to be able to be someone who can advocate and and help them with their journey and be a successful uh, um, friend to them as they go on, on that journey, uh, both personally and, and for their organization. And you only do that by investing in a relationship. So, uh, and I'm a firm believer in which, you know, if I start a relationship with someone, I genuinely, I always say it when I meet someone for the first time, I always say, consider me a friend, resource, and ally. If I can help you six minutes from now, six months from now, hell, maybe it's 16 years from now. Uh, you know, that's, that to me, again, is the importance of an focusing on a relationship, you know, wow. um, uh, not transaction. Transaction is short-term thinking. Relationship <laughs> is, is big picture, long-term thinking. People so don't for any of your, that, right? Yeah. For any of your, your, for your viewers and listeners, uh, you know, I always tell people, you know, old school thinking is transaction, transactional thinking, short-term thinking, you know, to truly succeed, 
uh, now uh, in this age and for the you know for the next thirty years, you need to think big picture and focus on developing relationships. That's awesome, and uh, it's also necessary to say uh, no to your clients when they actually don't need. Yeah, tell us something <laughs> about that. <laughs> I, I, absolutely, you know, and I, I have a firm you know no jerks policy in which uh, if, uh, you know as much as when when clients maybe or prospects are interviewing us. I'm interviewing them, you know, it's, uh, early on in the entrepreneurial journey. If anyone showed any interest, I would just say, yeah, we'll, we'll do that work. No problem. You know, and, uh, um, but, uh, you know, again, that's chasing the money. And when you chase the money, you end up with less than optimum outcomes. And I end up with clients that just cause so much stress, grief, or just complete jerks that, you know, I'm humbled and blessed to be in a spot now in which if I don't like a, a client, if I feel or a prospect, maybe it's going to be, too much pain. I don't do business with them. I only do business right. with people who are awesome and who are trying to do awesome things in the world. This is a true example that you are, you only believe in relationships over anything, you know, or like anything. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. A- and a- absolutely. Absolutely. That's the best thing that you can invest in. You know, people uh, will say, well, uh, I'm in a spot where I can uh, now mentor a lot of students and people who are trying to enter the field. And I always say, well, where should I invest my, my money and what certification or this or that? I always say, you know, if you're going to invest in anything, invest your time, invest your time in developing meaningful, wow. deep relationships. Wow. That's awesome. You know, this podcast, I was like, uh, this lockdown was very difficult. I was like, you know, there were not many projects, uh, you know, I was dealing with. So I was like, what am I doing? I was just sitting. And then I was like, let's, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I was like, let's do something. Let's do one. And, you know, I messaged like hundred people on LinkedIn. And, uh, and I also mentioned that I don't have any audience at the moment, you know, because I'm still launching on my first of July. And then people were actually very positive about it. It's okay. We want to talk, you know, and I had, this is like my fourth recording and it is amazing. <laughs> Trust me. It is like, I'm getting to learn so much. It has become like a personal development also for a person who's not a reader. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm getting to learn a lot. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is a selfish reason, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's just, it's so awesome. Like I said, like, like platforms like LinkedIn, I think have been truly amazing, especially during this COVID time uh, to be able to connect with some incredibly amazing people. And uh, even during our, 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 our darkest, times during COVID, which we weren't getting any new new clients and business had pretty much grind, uh, ground to a halt. You know, I was still de- uh, developing incredible new relationships with with new people. And That's amazing. Um, like I said, that, that, that the platform has been fantastic, especially during this time. Yeah, I'm glad to have met you. <laughs> like, like, likewise, I'm, I'm so grateful that you reached out to me. <laughs> and you know, the, the way you replied, that was like, you know, what happened? I messaged 100 people. You were the top 100, like I messaged. And I saw your message and you were like, it's a resounding yes from me. And I'm like, wow, wow, let's do it. And that's, you know, it, it, it actually motivated me just to be honest. <laughs> I'm so happy to, to hear that. Anyway, that, that's the other thing which I, I tell people. And one of the things I, I do most on LinkedIn is I consider myself a positive cheerleader. I love building people up. You know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all trying new things. We're experimenting. We're trying to see what sticks. If And I've heard this from multiple people where I've just left a positive comment on their LinkedIn uh, post and they messaged me after saying, you know, I, your, your words meant the world to me. And Definitely. that's why I think people don't realize that just a small uplifting message can, can mean the world to someone. I think at the end of the day, we all need to be kinder to one another and build each other up. 
know, uh, if someone's trying something new, tell yeah. them, wow, that's awesome. Great, great, great job. Keep, keep yes. going. You know, let's encourage each other. You know, that's how we're going to solve all the problems of, of the world by building each other up. Do you believe in blessings? Uh, I, I, I do, you know, and, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in, uh, in, um, in energies, you know, and, you know, f- for me trying to put as much positive energy out into the universe as I possibly can. Um, and, and that's something which I've only become more in tune with, uh, over the past few years, you know, um, in my corporate career, like I was mentioning earlier, I was very me centric. It was all about what can I do to get to the next, you know, yeah, uh, up along the corporate ladder. Uh, I didn't care about anyone else and being in the position now where, that me has been flipped to a we uh, when people reach out to me and say, you know, can you introduce me to X or can you help me with this? Uh, some of the greatest things I get to do uh, in which I view as blessings uh, are where I don't get paid to do it. I'm able to help someone along their journey. Uh, and even if I'm just a, a passing acquaintance who's able to help them and we never uh, uh, meet again, uh, I came into their life for a reason uh, and I view wow. that as a blessing. Awesome. So I, I, I truly believe that what goes around comes around. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, what was the support of your wife, of your children's? Like how did they support you mentally, emotionally when you started this project, when you started entrepreneurship? Do you think you could have done without them or what kind of support they have, you know, how important is family to you? Oh, incredibly important. You know, the, um, (laughs) My, my 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 two-year-old son wasn't wasn't born yet he he never knew me in in corporate life so uh but my 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 my, my and my daughter was really young when i when i uh uh left she was four uh so she doesn't quite remember that but my, my wife is 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 my rock she is incredibly supportive especially now in which um you know I spend so much time during the day um, uh, working and, and, you know, she, it's, it's especially during COVID when there's a lockdown, having her to have to spend the time with the kids and the kids are frustrated and bored. And, um, you know, it's, it's mentally hard uh, on her, but she, she never wavers in her support. Um, you know, she having her unconditional love and support uh, to help, me uh, get to levels which I know I'm capable of uh, has just been in- incredible. And, um, you know, it's to, to go alongside this journey with her. You know, a lot of people say, well, it's great that, uh, you know, I, uh, it's, I, I have a great person behind me. You know, m- my wife isn't behind me. She's, she's beside me every step of the way. And um, mm. uh, uh, we're, we're a team uh, through and through. And uh, um, I can't do what I do with, with, without her. You know, um, uh, this, none of this happens without her. Beautiful. So well said. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Last part. (laughs) You know, I don't want to end this conversation, but yeah. Uh, Why a comedian? Do you want to retire and become a comedian sometime or it's just your passion? And how do you, uh, you know, when you call yourself a comedian, what is that one trait that is different, you know, that uh, separates you from the rest, you know, something of that sort? Well, one of the things for me is it's about trying to um, distinguish myself from other, at least in this point, other cybersecurity uh, leaders. If you look at on LinkedIn, you look up cybersecurity leader, cybersecurity executive, their profiles are already the exact same way. You know, they're all boring white guys. So you know, uh, you know, to 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 be different, you know, uh, and uh, I, I'm not sure how many cybersecurity people you've ever talked to, but the majority of them are incredibly boring and uh, speak very tech, tech, you know 
tech talk yes. uh, to me to stand out. Uh, I wanted to say, you know what, I, I like to I like to bring in some comedic flair, you know, and whether that be how I deal with my clients, you know, when I'm doing biz dev, you know, I'm not some straight laced business guy who's just talking business. No, we let's have some fun. Let's let's let's. Uh, to me, one of the best ways that you bond with someone or bond over an idea, a concept, is through humor. Uh, so whether that be through my presentations, whether it be through biz dev, if I'm not making someone laugh, I'm not connecting with them. Uh, so to me, uh, comedy is uh, has become has gone beyond just being a passion. It's enabled me to reach the levels of success that I've been able to achieve. That's beautiful. That was a, that was a very unfunny statement, but yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. very true. <laughs> it is, it is. Uh, just before we go, a few, you know, just the, a few technical questions. It's not too technical, but for me, it is like very technical. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you always say that security is a journey. Like, tell me more about that. Just enlighten us why. Absolutely. You know, and this is very much speaking from an organizational or business perspective in which you know, all organizations start as being startups. And even the large organizations like IBM or what have you, they all started as small companies. And uh, right now, you know, we're in a digital economy and there's so many companies being, being, being created right now. And that's fantastic. And you know, the security that you do as an organization when you're a five-person startup is very different than the than the security that you do when you're a 50 person company or a 500 person company or a 50,000 person company. I think that's an important thing and this is something that a lot of security practitioners don't understand uh, is that security morphs and changes and evolves as your company changes and evolves. It's very fluid. Uh, you know, you can't treat security the same way uh, for every company. It's not cookie cutter. So that's why to me it's very much part of the journey as the company and goes on its journey, the security piece needs to be integrated as part of that uh, journey as well. That, that, that was well said. And um, uh, businesses, small businesses who can't uh, invest in cyber, cyber security, who can't invest hiring you know, an expert, an advisor, what are the few quick tips or suggestions for them so that they can you know, secure the data and everything? You know? Uh, Absolutely. No, that, that's such a good question. One of the things that I always tell, tell even just the smallest of organizations right now, if you're just going to focus on anything, uh, focus on, on, on uh, what I refer to as just, just good password uh, management. So one, leverage a, a, a password manager. So like LastPass or uh, KeePass, those are uh, really great tools that you can give to your staff. Uh, that leads that way then they're not reusing the same passwords for their personal email account that they do at work. Uh, so that's super important. And to also leverage what's referred to as multi-factor authentication. So if your business is using G Business Suite or Office 365, turn on multi-factor authentication. And basically what that means is that it goes beyond just a username and password. You also get a one-time code that gets sent to your phone. As an example, you enter that PIN, and then you're able to gain access. At least that way then, if the password gets compromised, and we're seeing right now that passwords get compromised left, right, and center, that way it doesn't matter if the password gets compromised. It comes down to the fact that someone needs to have an additional level of authentication. And right now, turning on multi-factor authentication is one of the single best factors um, that, uh, from a risk reduction point of view that any organization can do, big or small. Uh, So if you're going to do anything, do that. That'll take your risk exposure down significantly. 
wow that's awesome and um what for the you know normal people you know i i see that because of this pandemic this global pandemic the 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 cyber crimes are like increasing super drastically I, every day i read that you know somebody lost this many bucks somebody lost that so for normal humans not the, for the business owners for like for, for example for me uh, i have my phone somebody sends a link i click on it and boom the money is gone yeah. so yeah. what people you know what what do you have suggestions or tips for people like us i think one of the, the, the greatest thing, things right now is it really comes down to a level of awareness you know there there, there still isn't um uh, uh i'd say strong awareness uh, amongst you know, normal people <laughs> uh when when it comes to understanding the risks that uh, uh, they can face when it comes to Uh, when it comes to uh, um, understanding the risks of using a phone, a smartphone, laptop, uh, email, so many people just click on links without thinking about it. Mainly, but mainly because they don't have a level of awareness about the risks behind it. So I think really it comes down to a level of uh, of awareness and and just just telling people that you know, when you get an unsolicited email when you get this unsolicited text saying oh you know click here to get your money refund uh just introduce a moment of pause uh you know there's the old saying in which there's no such thing as a free lunch and that's what scammers take advantage of is that people are naturally curious if there's an opportunity to get money for free they'll do it if there's some fear or other psychology at play there they'll click on the link so just introduce like i said people can slow down and if something looks too good to be true or if something doesn't seem right just delete it or ask someone who might know more about it than than, than yourself uh, i think we're in this cultural mindset right now that if something comes to you you have to respond to it that's not that's not the case just slow things down i, I would say that's that's the best piece of best piece of sort of non technical advice i i can give there well i understood this <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay so uh, before we go you know uh, again uh, similarly like a lead leader i am a leader i am a leader i'm an advisor you being in this industry and now you you know you have that knowledge you have that experience but people who are just starting out they call themselves themselves as advisors mm. and that is like you know i get confused whom should i trust because these the people who are not advisors they look more credible because the because of the way they speak yeah <laughs> so you know what if you what what is your tip on advice the word advice you know like when to give it an is, advice yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know uh, you know and, and i agree with you know there's a lot of people who call themselves advisors now and uh, uh you know, back to the, what we talked about earlier about words that have lost all meaning you know it, it, you know anyone can call themselves an advisor now there's 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 nothing really stopping that <laughs> you know it, but um for for me you know when you're talking about being an advisor to me what that epitomizes is that you are investing yourself in the group the company the person that you are uh, uh, advising and if you're advising them in any capacity you need to at least have some body of work behind you to be able to provide that level of uh, of advice um again i think there's there's a lot of fantastic people in their early 20s who are doing fantastic things and i would go to them for advice because I, i i feel like they're 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 experts in it even if they don't have like 10 15 years of experience in it that, that doesn't necessarily that doesn't make you an expert but if you've 
right? If you're able to speak about it and you're able to actually you know, provide actual insight on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would consider you consider you an advisor. But uh, so for for those organizations or people who are unsure, just spend time talking to that advisor and and see the quality of talk that they're able to to deliver. Brilliant. Crazy, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, awesome. So I think that was it. But before we go, what are the important takeaways from the conversation? You know, uh, like for, for the listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to me, one of the things which I, I, I just keep um, beating my drum about are, uh, especially in this day and age, be kind to one another, be empathetic to one another. Uh, there's just, there's so much bad going on in the world rather than dwelling on the bad let's all do what we can to create more good in the world uh both personally and, and professionally uh so many of the you know the the wrongs that are going on in the world they don't need to be they don't need to be there you know uh when we connect with each other as humans and we see each other as humans not as competitors not as uh you know people that we need to stay away from uh at the end of the day we all breathe the same air. We all uh, deal with the same problems. Um, you know, be vulnerable with one another. Be be authentic. Uh, help someone win. Uh, you know, I think when we can focus less on ourselves and more on helping others, um, that's a pretty magical feeling. So um, that is the thing. Like I said, that has absolutely nothing to do with cybersecurity. Uh, it all has to do with just being a, a good person. And if we could all strive to just be a little bit better. Uh, as humans, uh, not just to ourselves, but to how we deal with each other, uh, boy, the world would look like uh, would look a lot better. Um, so it's taking small actions locally will have a strong ripple effect. You know, a lot of people will say to me, "What can I do to change the world?" Just be kinder to the people you meet. That's how you'll create a better world. Wow, that was awesome. Wow, that was an amazing conversation, Dominic. It really means a lot you spending like 60 minutes and actually talking to me. You've got so busy calendar. And uh, <laughs> thanks for actually connecting with me on LinkedIn. I'm sure if I'll ask you one more question, you're going to block me. I am so grateful to you for, for, for reaching out. It always makes my day when people reach out to me and, 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 ask, and ask to be on their podcast. Uh, I, I'm, I'm truly humbled, uh, Rihanna. I look forward to, to seeing this out on LinkedIn soon. Definitely. It'll be on soon. And thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. I really hope you got some value out of this. Love you all and stay tuned for our next show. Bye-bye.